Hello and welcome to Allegedly Astrology. Each week we break down the astrology that happened during some of the biggest scandals and events in history. Thanks for listening. And if you guys want to support us even more, you can subscribe to our Patreon. For $5 a month, you get at least two extra episodes. You could also leave us a five-star review and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listed on. And if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and DM us a screenshot of that review, we'll make you a custom meme of your big three and send you a quick write-up about it. We also have cool Allegedly Astrology stuff on TeePublic, so go there to check it out. And make sure to follow us on social media. We're Allegedly Astrology on Instagram, Reddit, and TikTok, and Allegedly Astro on Twitter. And you can visit our website, allegedlyastrology.com, to learn more about us and the show, or book a reading with me, Dana, and check out charts and transcripts for select episodes. So, Dana, what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about Stevie Nicks. My queen. And this was a request from Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer, for letting me live my dream. Yes, thank you, Jennifer. I love Jennifer. And if you want to be like Jennifer, you can DM or email us a topic, and we might just cover it on a future episode. If you're lucky. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get into the topic of the day. And that is Stevie Nicks. And if you don't know who she is, she's an American singer, songwriter, producer, and philanthropist known for being in the band Fleetwood Mac. She's known for her witchy style, tumultuous relationship with boyfriend and bandmate Lindsey Buckingham, and her singing and writing talents. Rolling Stone named her the reigning queen of rock and roll, as well as one of the hundred greatest songwriters of all time and one of the greatest hundred greatest singers of all time. So she's just like the most talented person ever. She's also the first woman to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice and is cited by many artists as an influence and a musical inspiration. So let's learn more about her life and her astrology. Oh my God. Yes. Let's please do this because I'm obsessed with Stevie Nicks. I love her so much. But Stephanie Stevie Nicks was born to Jess and Barbara Nicks and her father, who is Jess, was the vice president of Greyhound, aka the bus company. So her family moved a lot growing up and they lived in places like Phoenix, Albuquerque, El Paso, Salt Lake City, Los Angeles and San Francisco. So Dana, what's your big three? Stevie was born on May 26, 1948 at 3.42 a.m. in Phoenix, Arizona, and she has a Gemini sun, a Capricorn moon, and a Taurus rising. Oh my God. So, we were talking before we started recording. It blows my mind. This bitch is not more Scorpio. She does have a Scorpio Chiron and South Node, but maybe we can look, but I agree fully, and it is something to maybe look at. And Dana, you double-checked this, right? I like looked at it. I stared at it. My <laughs> eyes rolled back into my head. It, it, it was surprising. Um, but yeah, so a Gemini sun. I mean, Geminis can be a little Scorpio-like, you know, crazy, um, hated. She's creative, unpredictable. She's a way with words. She's a performance artist and maybe a spin doctor, right? So she can make <laughs> things sound a certain way. And then she's a Capricorn moon, which is very, di- like it, it doesn't balance out the Gemini sun. It is a, like it's it's not like the Gemini sun. So it's a hard worker. It's like facts before feelings. It, um, but artistically, Capricorn moons can sublimate emotions into something else. Oftentimes, because the maternal influence is like interrupted in some capacity. Both Willow and Jaden Smith have Capricorn moons. So do with that what what you will, <laughs> knowing what you know about Jada. And there's also the need to prove oneself. Oftentimes with the Capricorn moon, because the moon's all about needs and Capricorn. 
wants to like, you know, really like cut its teeth, like, you know, and prove itself. Um, and then a Taurus rising, this makes total sense. Taurus is a sign of the voice. It's a sign of artists, music. It's security oriented. It likes fashion. It likes clothing. It's very self-aware. And her rising is ruled by Venus, which they should retrograde seven days after she was born in Cancer, opposite her needle moon. So there is definitely something going on like like in like she's <laughs> there's some sort of like maternal influence in her life that's just sort of like maybe she's the mother she never had. I honestly don't know anything about her mother. But also with such a strong Venus in her chart and in Cancer, she's sort of like nurturing to herself and others. And if she had any siblings, probably them as well. She also has Mercury conjunct Uranus in Gemini, co-present with her son. So that's like, she like wants to be different. She also can't help but be different. Like her ideas are weird and cool. And she there it's in her second house. So she also makes money off of sort of this like uniqueness and this sh- real shock jock sort of attitude. <laughs> and it's opposite her natal Jupiter in Sagittarius. So Mercury's in domicile in Gemini. Jupiter's in domicile in Sagittarius. So this is good. Mercury is about intellect. Jupiter is about gifts. And with Uranus there, it's like unique and surprising. And I just, I mean, I think that's pretty awesome. Yes. I was also looking more at just like the Scorpio Chiron and what it means a bit more. And it is kind of interesting because it's like the wound of power. So I don't know. I think there's something very interesting in that. And I also think it's interesting that, you know, it's Scorpio it's in her seventh house. It's ruled by Mars in her fifth. And then her other Mars ruled sign is Aries in her 12th. So again, I'm trying to like put together the witchy parts of her or whatever. And just like how she. I think like we're such very witchy in ways we don't. Because it's, it's like very like Scorpio. Forest. <laughs> yeah. Someone, I, someone said on Twitter today that it Scorpio is the occult and Taurus is the occultist. So. Scorpio mm. sacrifices for sacrifice and Taurus sacrifices to get what it needs. So it's like sort of like it's like witchcraft with a goal in a way. Interesting. I thought it was an interesting thread and it is helpful for this episode. Yes. Yeah. What's interesting also is I feel like in previous episodes we've talked about how Capricorn moons like in the Amy Winehouse episode have sometimes complicated relationships with their fathers and that was definitely true about Stevie Nicks. So I think that's, I think it's pretty interesting that like her and, and she, unpredictable. I don't know about unpredictable, but she said, she said a lot in like interviews and stuff that she got a lot of her independence and like her mother, like really introduced her to the concept of feminism. Like her mom was super smart, but her dad like wouldn't let her mom have a job. Like it was really he was very just like old school in his ways he kind of was just like there's only one like breadwinner there's only one star of this family and it's me and i was like oh my god wait hold on then you had then you had cv nix as a daughter psych well that makes perfect sense so the moon in the ninth house that's the the moon being the mother in the ninth house it's all about like being smart right and also her midheaven is there so her mom sort of guided this like feminist agenda in a way right the midheaven sort of being like your social agenda um, and like how you want to appear in public and how you're sort of taught to behave. But the moon is ruled by Saturn in the fourth house, the fourth house being the father of Saturn and often having to do with, you know, daddy issues, wow. which is conjunct Pluto. And it's in Leo where Saturn is in do- or in in detriment because Saturn is like, I'm the star. So I'm the star of the family. You don't get to shine like in that sort of trumping the moon of the mother who did. I mean, that's also sort of like the moon in Capricorn. It doesn't have to be like your mom. I mean, her the like maternal failure is only really like the father not like it's still Capricorn that the mother did her best. 
despite mm-hmm. being held back by the father. So that's interesting. Yeah, C.V. Nick said her mother was sort of squashed by her father, like, you know, and she was like that. She made sure that I would never have to rely on a man. Like she always instilled that in me, which I thought was pretty, pretty interesting. But um, C.V. Nick also talks a lot about her mom, like feeling her mom's presence like post-death and She's like not afraid of dying because she like fully believes in like the spirit world. So there is a lot of like witchiness to her, you know, even if it's not shown in immediately in her big three. No, I love that. And I, I got really amped. <laughs> amped. We're amped. <laughs> well, when CB was living and growing up in Northern California, she was influenced by the singer Janis Joplin. And Janis Joplin was one of the biggest musical stars of the 60s and was known for her really like unique, rich tone of voice and her very electric stage performance. So yeah, Stevie was super into that and she took that influence and used it when she met her future bandmate and boyfriend, Lindsay Buckingham, during her senior year of high school. He was in a psychedelic rock band, Fritz, which like fun. And Mm -hmm. he asked her to join it as lead singer because two of the members were leaving to go to college. And she joined the band and... They found a lot of success. They ended up opening for Janis Joplin and Jimi Hendrix, but the band eventually broke up. Lindsay and Stevie did not date each other during Fritz, but after the band disbanded, they began seeing each other again. And this would be the beginning of one of the most iconic and dramatic on and off relationships in music history. Maybe all of history. (laughs) I know, seriously, it is aggressive. So they both moved to L.A. and they played gigs together in the local music scene and moving to L.A. and performing together really kind of guided them into this relationship, according to Stevie. Yeah. At one point, Lindsay Buckingham got mono and Stevie cared for him, which brought them closer. So what's their bi like, Dana? I feel like this has got to be pretty intense. Okay, Lindsay was born October 3rd, 1949 at 1.53 a.m. And he has a Libra sun, a an Aquarius moon, and a Leo rising. So he oh. uh, definitely wants one to take care of him when he has mono. Um, and so his ascendant Mars and Pluto are all conjunct within a degree. They're at 16 and 17 degrees Leo and they're conjunct Stevie Saturn in Leo. So here's a little bit of highlighting maybe her father in a way, right? But also perhaps there, it's not Saturn. So it's maybe coming to the rescue in a way. I guess it's the way every significant relationship will highlight a parent. Um, it's it's not surprising if someone has their ascendant on a planet either in your fourth or 10th house or maybe on your Saturn. So it's hot and heavy. It's stop and go. They both have Saturn conjunct each other's Mars. So so his Saturn is conjunct her Mars and Virgo. And this is just, yeah, it's like, it's commitment, it's libido, but it's also like one person not moving forward when the other one is. It's in Leo and Virgo too. So someone wants to be the star, someone wants to work harder, someone wants to like get like really neurotic over details one wants to do another line it's it's a little chaotic i guess especially because there it's like fire and earth Lindsay's venus in scorpio which is in detriment is conjunct cv's chiron so this is intense too it's healing but it's also wounding and in scorpio it's like horny it's intense it's like really wanting to go to the depths with each other but sometimes it's like counterproductive of course his Lindsay's jupiter is conjunct cv's midheaven so this is about business success jupiter is all about expansion and abundance and also sort of like because of that success probably they're tied together forever right and like the midheaven is your legacy your reputation Lindsay's son 
and Mercury retrograde are conjunct Stevie's Neptune. So this is creative. Mercury is connection. It's it's also his inward communication. So Stevie's Neptune maybe muddles how he like even thinks about himself, talks to himself, like understands himself. But it's also it's all in Libra. So it's sort of like this is very relational in a way where maybe it's sort of like people forget or, you know, they forget where one of them ends and the other one begins. It's, yeah, it could be like pretty codependent. And then Stevie's North Node is conjunct Lindsay's Midheaven in Taurus. So they both have major Midheaven contacts. And in Taurus, it is sort of like, all right, well, even if like we are, even if we hate each other, if we're making money, like let's keep doing this. So it's also like their business and public reputation are just sort of faded with that North Node. And Lindsay's Chiron is opposite Stevie's son. Exactly. So this is real. I can't quit you vibes. It's also having fun together. It's Lindsay's Chiron is in Sagittarius and Stevie's son is in Gemini. So maybe he wasn't allowed to have fun as a child. So he really went hard as an adult. It's also sort of I felt like this aspect in Sinistry is for sure the song I just had sex by the Lonely Island featuring Akon because Chiron is like, I just had sex in Sagittarius. <laughs> it's like just like letting everyone know what happened. And like, and it felt so good. Yeah, you guys know. And Lindsay's Uranus is also conjunct Stevie's Venus and Cancer. So this is a magnetic attraction. Uranus often creates these like really quick relationships. But in Cancer wants a relationship forever. Cancer Cancer wants a blood oath. Cancer oftentimes is in relationships like what you think a Scorpio is. It's also an uncertain future, which Cancer cannot handle because Uranus breeds uncertainty. And it could also be like, I guess, self-sabotage or just relational sabotage on Lindsay's part with his Uranus. Like, and then, of course, with Cancer... Because Cancer needs, like, wants to care for someone, they want that sort of reciprocity. When it, Stevie doesn't get it back, she's like, "Well, fuck you!" Like, I wanted, I wanted this to be something, and you said something, and I'll like Cancer does not forget. Their chart's really interesting. They also, and you said like about the midheaven, but they do have like a bunch of like angular contacts, which I've been looking at in Sinistry kind of a lot it's like when someone touches like your midheaven or ic and you're like descendant and ascendant and they don't have like everything like double whammies of each of them but they do have kind of a lot and when that happens because like the angles are like sensitive points in your chart and they're gonna like hold you down so like when someone's planet is hitting your angles then that's like someone who's probably going to you know have like an influence in your life in some way for sure for sure for shizzle So their time in L.A. wasn't easy. They had begun to fight and money was really tight. CV was exhausted from waitressing and cleaning houses to make ends meet. And Lindsay had gone out on tour with another artist and that didn't go well. So it was kind of like awkward. Yes. And Stevie and Lindsay even created their own little folk rock duo band called Buckingham Knicks. They put out an album, but the record flopped and their label dropped them. And though things were really tough for them at this point, everyone who met them saw them and were like, oh, my God, you guys are like hot as hell. We know you're going to be stars. And even though they were like kind of like tumultuous, it was very clear that they were like intense and dramatic. Like people were just like, holy shit, you guys are awesome. (laughs) So, Dana, I got to know, what is their Davison chart? This might surprise you. We're learning a lot about astrology in this episode, you guys. Surprising astrology. So their Davison chart is January 28th, 1949 at 10, 17 p.m. UTC. And it is a Cancer rising with a an Aquarius sun and moon. So it's an Aquarius oh. new moon. And it also has Aquarius Mercury retrograde conjunct Mars. So all those Aquarius placements are in the eighth house of what is shared. 
And Aquarius is about sharing. Cancer needs to share. Cancer also really needs to sort of like protect. Cancer also ideally would have privacy. This is literally the ultimate hot and cold big three. Yeah, yeah. Well said. So yeah, Cancer rising. I feel like this is about healing mother wounds, parental wounds, and you know, it's about nurturing. So this is positive, but it also it's ruled by this new moon in Aquarius, which can be ice cold. So yeah, hot and cold. Cancer is also the beginning of summer, so it's like hot. It's that's why Mars doesn't do well in Cancer because it it's like just burning all the way up. And so the sun and the moon in Aquarius in the eighth house, this is like things are shared, but they're cold. There's like this sort of maybe indebtedness feeling towards one another. So it can be friendship as well as like hatred and resentment, especially with that Mercury retrograde and Mars. It sort of can feel like, especially a bit, I would wonder if Stevie believes like about some sort of like past life connection that wouldn't surprise me because it could feel also dead on arrival with the eighth house having so much to do with death. It's just really interesting. And then also Venus and Jupiter. So both benefics are conjunct in Capricorn in the seventh house. So Jupiter is in fall in Capricorn, meaning it's at like its most desperate state because Jupiter is about expansion. Capricorn Capricorn is like a pessimist and Jupiter is optimism. So it's sort of like, how do we, you know, make this work? But it's also in the seventh house. So having both benefics conjunct in the seventh house, even if it's Capricorn, is positive for a relationship. It's like commitment, <laughs> like it's lucky and curse. So it's like commitment, but it's also just like, yeah, sort of along with like dead on arrival it's like dry it's it's ruled by saturn in virgo in the third house which is retrograde so it's also sort of like third house is being your immediate environment it's like it's you're also always around each other i guess which is good or bad so also just looking at this chart i feel like if i just saw this chart nakedly i, I would think of the oasis line where it's like there are many things that i would like to say to you but i don't know how yeah no it is like this chart is crazy for them again a lot of them, like, um, when you look at, like, Davidson and composite charts, like, a lot of astrologers say, like, Cancer is, like, a really cute first house because the first house is, like, how people see you as a couple. So probably, like, very protective, like, cute together or whatever. But then, yeah, they have, like, so much eighth house and it's, like, opposed by Pluto and mm -hmm. Leo, which I feel like, again, is, like, it's like so like just deep and like intense, I feel like. And then like Dana was saying, like Venus and Jupiter in the seventh is like really nice. It's like nice to have Venus in the seventh. But I also think it's interesting, too. They have like Chiron in the sixth house, which is like, you know, like the hard part about this being together is going to be like being together every day, yeah. which I also think is interesting and kind of crazy. And it's yeah, like Saturday. So it's like it's really tough, like always having to make some sort of compromise where maybe both get feels cheated. Yeah. And then also the North Node just being in the 10th house, their relationship is, you know, a famous relationship. It's like one yeah. of the most iconic rock and roll relationships. It's the first one I think of. Yeah. yeah. So their luck all changed when on December 31st, members of the band Fleetwood Mac ran into Lindsay at a recording studio and they were like, hey, Lindsay, we want you to play guitar in our band. And Lindsay was like, well, I have a girl. She's a lead singer. We're a package deal. So we both have to join. And Mick Fleetwood, who was the leader of the band, was like, yeah, OK, that works. So Stevie and Lindsay join the band and start writing and recording Fleetwood Mac's next album, which is none other than the iconic Rumors. Honestly, I've been banging it nonstop. Mm -hmm. It is so good. 
So at this point, Lindsay and Stevie were basically in the middle of breaking up as a couple, but they kind of like put piece themselves back together because they both knew they were like, this is a huge opportunity. We're not going to screw this up. So we got to get it back together. Just to be like, we are going to drag each other back from hell and make it work. That is very Cancer rising Aquarius new moon. It's like, all right, up. there we go for the benefit of the collective. But yeah, Fleetwood Mac had already been a band for a while. But with the addition of Stevie and Lindsay, it was a real game changer for them because Stevie was amazing at writing music and she's known for writing some of Fleetwood Mac's greatest hits. However, while writing rumors, shit really hit the fan. Not only did Lindsay and Stevie break up after being together for eight years, but two other band members, John and Christine McVie, who were married, also broke up. And then Mick Fleetwood was getting a divorce. So like every person in the band's relationship was crumbling around them. But the drama did something because Rumors was an instant hit. It sold 10 million copies in its first month. It stayed on the record charts for 928 weeks and eventually became one of the best-selling albums worldwide. So what was going on when Rumors was released? It's it's so, so funny. It's like wild. (laughs) Like imagine all that happening. Well, you can't imagine all of it happening because the North Node was in Libra along with Pluto. So it uh, makes a lot damn. of sense. Yeah, but this all happened on February 4th, 1977, and it was a full moon in Leo. So the sun's in Aquarius, the moon's in Leo. And this is always an interesting full moon every year because the moon is ruled by the sun in detriment. So it makes sense that people are going their own way. They're wanting to be free. Aquarius is a sign of sort of like breaking free. It's also about sort of conforming to some sort of ideal, which could be we're in this band, we have to make money, even though we like will be miserable together. <laughs> like we're gonna do this. And it was a solar return chart, like a solar return season for the for their Davison chart. So this is about a renewal on their relationship in some capacity. And it's a full moon, which is about all about relationships. And it's with the full moon in Leo, it's like people some just like, you know, like I'm the star, especially since it's conjunct Saturn, which is retrograde. So that's definitely about breakups and sort of like people becoming you know sacrificing sort of the relationship for the individual but in some capacity also sticking together to make money it's also stevie's saturn return so she's working through this pain she's maybe also feeling single singled out yeah you know like there's a like the moon is now on her saturn so she's really feeling sort of this but she's also raking in dough so i don't know this episode really makes me puts me in the capitalist spirit so i'm really happy for her um (laughs) Also, Mars and Mercury, which is the planet of rumors, are in Capricorn <laughs> squaring oh, the nodes. So they're sort of like this. Whenever a planet is squaring the nodes, it's like th- certain things feel outside of your control. So maybe the rumors about the rumor, you know, the album rumors sort of was beyond their control. But also, I guess in some of like maybe the success is also outside of their control. It's also the nodal opposition of their Davison chart. So this is about relationship twists it's also about destiny so they were destined to break up right like the band didn't ruin their relationship obviously because we just talked about how they were breaking up and that's why they even stayed together but it's interesting to have your nodal opposition of your davison chart be like when you're breaking up but also in a band together because their nodes are in aries and libra so libra being the sign of relationships and aries being the sign of the self an individual the baby and Mercury is in Capricorn, trying Jupiter and Taurus. So this is really nice for making money and success and also sort of like lasting success. Mercury and Capricorn is like 
just bottom line business. Jupiter and Taurus is like figuring out how to, you know, make lasting success and money security. And then it's also about Mercury and Capricorn trying Jupiter and Taurus is like creative words for sure. It's like creative writing and also having like words that have lasting power. So like lyrics that are, you know, make their mark. Also, Chiron is conjunct the South Node and Aries almost conjunct. So this is about some old wounds. <laughs> it's like, maybe yeah. you know, <laughs> for everyone, but also for the band members. But wow, what yeah. an album to come out. <laughs> what lore. So good. And maybe this is a little bit of light projection, but mm -hmm. the fourth house being endings and Jupiter there, I feel like it is like you're getting luck from your endings or like your endings are mm. expanding and because they broke up while they were writing this album it's like you're getting luck from like this oh ending God. you know that's wonderful it is kind of crazy though that they kind of like had to break up in order to like make this iconic album you know it probably wouldn't have been like we would have never gotten silver springs if they did not break up <laughs> during the writing of this album yeah, it's also interesting to have a Davison chart with Cancer, such a sacrificial sign ruled by an Aquarius new moon, right, in the eighth house, which has so much to do with where you're sacrificed without even wanting to be. So really, they sacrifice so much for all of us to better set. <laughs> so much for all of us. Thank you. So their sacrifice didn't go unnoticed because Rumors won Grammy for Album of the Year. And the success is insane. And despite all the splits within the group, the band continues to perform together, which Dana was touching on. Like, we are broken up, but like we are staying together to like get that cash. But there is clear tension. Like Lindsay and Stevie were known to like fight openly on stage in front of like thousands of people. I love that. I know. I love that too. But nevertheless, Sleetwood Mac became one of the best selling musical acts of all time. Yes. And Stevie did stay with Fleetwood Mac and continue to release albums with them, but she also began she also began a solo career around this time. And she became a very successful solo artist, which I think is interesting. I feel like that kind of goes back to the Saturn return vibes of like trying to figure yourself out. I don't know where what house Saturn is in her natal chart, but um her fourth. Her fourth. What's that? Endings the root. Fam. Yeah, family. And like to her, this was like the Real ending of this like first family. Yeah. yeah. And she wanted to go out on her own. And so, you know, she she made that happen for herself. And her first album reached number one on the Billboard 200. Which is awesome. But it wasn't always great. She did have a brief relationship with Mick Fleetwood, which was awkward and strange and didn't last that long. And her best friend also died and oh. she married her best friend's husband, which was awkward. And she was like, later she was like, yeah, that was like a horrible mistake. We were both just like grieving and didn't know what to do. And like, honestly, probably drugs are involved. Let's be real. Hunter Biden so, vibes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, got divorced quickly after that. Yes. And like Sarah mentioned, Stevie was definitely into drugs. It was the 70s after all. It was pretty aggressive, though. On rumors, they even think they're drug dealer in the credits. <laughs> Which maybe more bands from that time should have done. But eventually, Stevie checked herself into rehab in the 80s. Oh, for what? Honestly, I read somewhere that she had been doing so much cocaine that she, like, wore away all the cartilage in her nose at one point. Wow. Which, think about Never that. Wow. She's beautiful. 
amazing nose yeah. days. <laughs> but around this time, people started to leave Fleetwood Mac, the bandmates being those people. And Lindsay started releasing solo albums because he was more into like being in a studio than on tour. Yes. And Stevie left the band a few years later and continued working on her solo career. But they both eventually came back to the band because Fleetwood Mac concerts drew huge crowds. And again, they made a lot of money. So much money. So in the 90s, Rumors was celebrating its 20th anniversary and MTV taped a special live concert where they were performing. And this is where we get the infamous Silver Springs performance. Ooh, yes. And Silver Springs is a banger. The song was inspired by Stevie and Lindsay's relationship ending, and it was written by Stevie. And it was supposed to originally actually appear on Rumors, but it didn't make the cut. So it was sort of like, you know, people were hearing this for the first time. Can you imagine not knowing this song existed? Because... It literally is part of my personality now. So the performance really got people's attention because, and I highly suggest you go watch the clip of this live performance because Stevie is basically just like shooting daggers with her eyes at Lindsay as they perform. Like she, there's a line where she's like, you'll never get away from the sound of the woman who loves you. But she like literally does it in a way where you're like, should we be watching this? Like, should we be in this room with them? It seems like very personal. So it really, you know, zeroed in on their long unsettled romantic history. (laughs) Wild. But yeah, and Stevie later said that even during the rehearsals, they, they rehearsed for six weeks. Performing Silver Springs was never like that. Only on that particular Friday night performance did they let it go into something <laughs> deeper. When we went on Friday, I knew we'd bring it out in case it was the last thing we'd ever do. I wanted people to stand back and really watch and understand what the relationship with Lindsay was. Hell yeah. And we got it. And it's scary. But that's that eighth house stellium, baby. You know, we're not I'm not surprised. (laughs) So this performance gave Silver Springs new life and attention. And it actually was nominated for a Grammy for best pop performance by a duo or group with vocal. So what was going on when the 1997 performance happened? This was May 23, 1997 in Burbank, California. And the sun was in Gemini and the moon was in Sagittarius. And so it's a full moon. So they're not used. They do a lot of things on full moons. And it's also a full moon conjunct Pluto, which is very much releasing a deep cut, performing it with your partner and then shooting daggers. Like, (laughs) especially with like the sun in Gemini and Sagittarius. It's like these are two signs that never commit, never. I mean, stereotypically. Also, it's like never like everyone's. Oh, they're all friends with their exes type of thing. But these people aren't friends. So it's a little different. But also Venus is in Gemini. You know, Venus, the planet of love opposite the moon, which is about needs in Sagittarius. So it's sort of that's also very much shooting daggers at someone. It's like this brewing jealousy. This aspect is about like jealousy and sort of feminine conflict. So but also with the sun in Gemini and the moon in Sagittarius, it's just about like chaotic relationships for sure. And also maybe just saying anything. Sun is opposite Pluto. So there's power plays happening. And like especially with the sun the spotlight it's like happening on our tvs or you know like in front of like an audience chiron is conjunct the rumors north node in libra the sign of relationships which is interesting so we're you know really getting a good look at their relationship wounds and mars is conjunct the north node in virgo so that's very much about this like intense 
sort of like power play and especially it's in Virgo which I it's so much about like her just like shooting daggers with her eyes like there's like this sort of and it's ruled by Mercury in Taurus which is all about sort of like relational security and it's Stevie's Mars return so it's just sort of like it's just sort of like this like heavy (laughs) nature especially since or this heavy vibe it's 25 days after Mars station direct in Virgo so we're not in the stationary period but Mars is still moving slow and it's we're in a a period where Mars is stationing so it's just sort of like just getting over a really intense time and now sort of getting a new look at things especially in Virgo which is so precise so much about calculating the bottom line and sort of like I don't know this is a really it's a beautiful gift to get to see this yeah I feel like it's that sun and Gemini moon and Sag is just very like big fuck it vibes like it's like I'm going to say what I want. I'm going to say what I feel. And uh, yeah, like, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. And I have that placement. And sometimes you just want to see people's looks when you say something on their faces. Yeah. And people's faces probably were like, just slack jaw because it's insane. Um, So 25 years later, this amazing performance is now TikTok famous. But we'll be covering that chart and why it's so famous on the Patreon. So Gather, gather with us there. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know the what viral moment we're talking about. But we've talked a lot about Stevie's love life and songwriting, but she's also known for her iconic witchy style, which has remained the same over the years, pretty much. You know, you, she's got a lot of tunics, shawls, like a lot of like, you know, gauzy, like, you know, bell, bell-armed things. She wears a lot of black. And she even began receiving threatening mail accusing her of witchcraft. Good. Forget about that satanic panic. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, yeah. Who could have forgotten that? But she said like, you know, at the beginning of my career, the whole idea that some weird people were like calling me a witch was like honestly pretty arresting because she said she was wearing black because it was slimming, which like, duh. That's yeah, all about. So we are Stevie Nicks. <laughs> and the witch rumors freaked Stevie out so much that she did give up black for a while and she wore colors like apricot and seafoam green. But eventually she was like, I look terrible in these colors. <laughs> and she went back to black. So is there anything in her chart that would sort of point out her style, Dana? Yeah. So she's a Taurus, which is all about fashion and clothes and looking good, which is so like flattering clothes. Taurus wants like fashion, but it also wants to be comfortable and it wants to be flattering. So wearing all black because it makes you look good or makes you look slimmer for sure very Taurus but also like I said earlier that rising is ruled by Venus which is stationing in her chart in Cancer and so Mm -hmm. in Cancer especially since it rules or it's ruled by this like Capricorn moon which is so rebellious it's like it's not what you expect but it's also sort of like she's like nurturing her style all the time and plus she also has her natal Mercury, which rules her sun, which is how she wants to shine, conjunct Uranus. So it's like sticking out of a crowd and also sort of making your money off your image since that's an all in her second house. Love that. Yeah. So though the witch accusations freaked her out back in the day, they would eventually land her a role on one of the best seasons, if not the best season of American Horror Story, the Coven season. Yes, and Coven was the third season, and the season takes place in New Orleans and follows a coven of witches descended from Salem. So we know Stevie's style led to rumors of her being a witch, so the show's creator, Ryan Murphy, invited her to be part of the season, so she guest starred as herself in two episodes. I love that she's just leaning in. Yeah, in the episode, Stevie comes to the academy where the witches are to perform for the students at the asking of the Supreme Witch. 
And this really brought back Stevie's place as one of the most famous witches in pop culture. So what was going on when she was on American Horror Story? This was January 8th, 2014, and it was her nodal opposition. Oh, love that. Mic drop. So it's also, it's like the nodal opposition. This is sort of, especially since she's like, you know, not in her 20s. This is like her second or third nodal opposition, maybe yeah, third. Uh, she's sort of like, it's bringing back around this like witchcraft, you know, theme. And she's getting noticed for it in a new way. It's not as heavy or serious as it once was. She's not being like admonished. Saturn is conjunct her Chiron. So this is about healing. It's also about cementing her legacy. And I feel like it's about her healing the next generation especially because it's in scorpio and it's all about witchcraft and it was about like you know it's like i mean i don't know if everyone who's listening watched it but what was that girl's name in it she was lily i don't know she called her the white she's like you're the white witch she was like the like oh, yeah. was like raised in the woods by herself yeah <laughs> and like a crocodile yeah yeah and also jupiter is conjunct stevie's venus so this is all about popularity and it's it's in jupiter is exalted in cancer so it's like really breeding goodwill towards her. And it's also interesting, Jupiter and Cancer, I feel like that is very much like white witch vibes, especially with Saturn, with it, with it trying Saturn yeah. in Scorpio, right? Well, it's also like very mother yeah. witch, I would say, too. Oh, witch. Queen witch bitch. <laughs> Queen witch. <laughs> and Venus retrograde is conjunct her midheaven, so this is also sort of like coming back around to these witch themes, like what she was once admonished for is now like sort of the being played with, and it's like the theme, and also it's like honestly her legacy. And the sun, the spotlight, is conjunct her moon. So she's being put in the spotlight and, like, for shining a light, especially since her moon's in Cancer on her midheaven. It's just sort of like she has all these planets on her midheaven, so she's being looked at. And the moon is conjunct her ascendant. It was in probably Aries, but it crossed her ascendant within the 24 hours. So she's getting this, like, renewal of, like, a sense of herself in a new way, which could really be nice, especially for a Taurus rising, because the moon is exalted in Taurus. So she has... Jupiter exalted with the moon also exalted. That would be really nice for like feeling yourself as a Taurus rising. I like this chart all in all. I feel like this probably was like a time for herself when she was like, okay, like, you know, it's about her, not sort of this weird legacy she had. Okay. I mean, after weird legacy, but just like the relational legacy that maybe she's used to being in the news for. Real talk. Do we think Stevie Nicks is a witch? I think that if she wasn't, society made her one. Oh, wow. What an answer. That's a great answer, Dana. I do love, like, the whole thing where it's, like, this thing that, like, probably freaked her out and she tried to change about herself. Now she's, like, accepting. Which, again, not saying, like, that her Chiron is, like, like, her wound to heal is, like, being a witch and making it okay, but... I do feel like Chiron is like you accept this wound of yourself yeah. and when you accept it, then you get like benefits or gifts. So around this time when American Horror Story had Stevie on Fleetwood Mac was also touring and in general, the band's dynamics were pretty rocky and strained, especially between Stevie and Lindsay. So a few years later in 2018, Lindsay was actually fired from the band, which is crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I think I remember reading something about this and it was sort of like, I think Stevie like gave an ultimatum, like it's him or me. And everyone's like, well, we really need you. So yeah. 
<laughs> you are the draw. You are the yeah. yeah. So I think that was sort of like the nail in the coffin for for their relationship. But a year later in 2019, Lindsay had a heart attack and underwent bypass surgery. He said he heard from Stevie after that and has emailed and texted her, but she rarely responds. Aggressive. That's cold as ice. So Stevie may have put her love with Lindsay behind her, but one thing she hasn't is touring. And in fact, she's on a 2023 North American tour and has a bunch of solo shows and co-headlining concerts with Billy Joel. And Stevie Nicks is 75 years old. So Dana, what are your predictions for her? Like, do you do you think she'll ever reconcile with Lindsay? Do we think she'll ever be a practicing witch? Like, what what are we what what more do we have to to hear and see from our girl Stevie? I don't know that I expect her to like write a book about witchcraft, but she's definitely in a major cycle in her life. One thing, okay, so Venus is currently retrograde in Leo in her fourth house, where she has her natal Saturn, and it will station direct on her natal Pluto. And what I would really like to see from that is maybe unreleased music being released. Maybe she'll perform it and her concerts. And with Jupiter, it's currently conjunct her natal north node. It's in partial conjunction. They're at 13 degrees. So this is probably her being really well received by the public and like feeling very popular. It's also her going going on tour, right? Like she's, you know, still, you know, still out there, still performing as an artist. Something that's interesting (laughs) is that the i just you know randomly do these charts for like the moment i did it so if we're the ascendant for when i did the chart is exactly conjunct her natal jupiter in her eighth house which i feel like does actually suggest that they might reconcile if we just mm-hmm. take that into account but i didn't like i didn't sound i didn't do an orary chart right you have to like use intention and stuff when you do those so it's not what i did but it is interesting that that came up also, her current progressed mercury and pluto are conjunct also crossing her natal sun so she is maybe I don't know if this if this will be her last tour, but it could be like a really prominent one. Maybe she's really feeling more of a star than ever. That's all in Leo in her fourth house. And her progressed ascendant is conjunct her progressed IC. Her progressed descendant is conjunct her mid- progressed midheaven. So that could be like a public reconciliation of sorts. So I'm not like necessarily optimistic because it does sound maybe a little more fraught than I could ever imagine. <laughs> but it could be cool. Her progress mid or moon is in Li- Libra too, which is relational. So, and the nodes are not same. There. Also, it's they just had the nodal return of the Davison chart. So they're the Davison North node's at twenty nine degrees Aries, and the North node is currently at twenty eight degrees Aries. So that just perfected, and their Davison Saturn is at four degrees Virgo, where Saturn will cross. So it's their Saturn opposition as well as their nodal return. So it's sort of like this really monumental time. Like maybe something, maybe words will be said that change their retrospective of their relationship, even if we never hear it, although it would be really cool if we did. One thing we do know that we can look forward to for Stevie Nicks and Fleetwood Mac is that they are releasing a new Rumors Live double LP in September, specifically on September 8th. So hell yeah, there will be new-ish Fleetwood Mac and Stevie Nicks content to look forward to this September. So we are pumped for that. Hell yeah. But anyway, in the meantime, remember to sign up for our Patreon for $5 a month and get that extra chart about the 1997 Silver Springs performance being TikTok famous. And with that, I'm Elise. I'm Dana. And I'm Sarah. And this is Allegedly Astrology. 